and welcome to Living In, With, and For Christ, a podcast dedicated to looking at all things around us from a Christian perspective, seeking to give glory to Christ in any and every situation. Today, Pastor Brian and myself will be discussing patriotism and Christianity and how sometimes we get those two confused. And welcome to the show. Today we're discussing some uh, light topics, uh, something that's not on people's mind yeah. very much these no, days. Nothing heated, no, you know. There's no, no, nothing no. controversial about it all. Has no. yeah. So politics and Christianity, and how sometimes they mingle together, and infect and affect the way that we look at patriotism and the way that we look at theology in the church, and how it can be destructive, and sometimes distract us from the things of God. I am pretty sure there's going to be 50% that agree and 50% that disagree with what we say today. Oh, man. (laughs) You know, and it's interesting. So we're going to try to talk about it from a couple different perspectives. But the one thing that we do want to focus on is what Scripture says about these things and how we apply to our lives. And so as we jump right in, there's going to be two main texts that we're looking at. And those texts are 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, primarily verses 13 through 16, uh, and then also Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. There's some stuff after that too, but it kind of gets the gist of it. And so I'm just going to read both of those for us. We'll begin there, and then we'll kind of talk about, man, some of the stuff we've seen over the last couple days and weeks, and and just... um how everything has become so polarized and not that it wasn't already, you know right. what I mean? Right. But it just became polarized in a flip way as the, the Biden administration comes in, you know, in light of the Trump administration leaving. And so it's fascinating. So the first Peter text, again, chapter two, beginning in verse 13, it says this, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, and by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Yeah, not convicting at all. (laughs) Romans says almost the same thing. Of course, you got the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul talking about this, and you wonder if they didn't talk to each other. Well, then again, it's the Holy Spirit, right? right. You know, yep. uh, it says this beginning in verse one: "Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct." But to bad, would you, have, would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. And it kind of goes on and it talks about that, but it, they basically say the same thing. Right. And so what I find fascinating is Romans is written probably around 55 AD, right? And First Peter was written right around 67 AD-ish. Both of those periods of time, guess who was in power over the Roman Empire? Nero. This oh, guy was. I thought you were going to say Trump. No, <laughs> we'd like to think that, right? Right. No, it was, it was probably one of the the most um, anti-Christian Roman empires or emperors to serve in Rome, and here that's when these are written. 
And I think that gives us an incredible perspective as to how to apply it to today. Because Nero wasn't a Republican, quote unquote, (laughs) nor was he a conservative, nor was he even maybe like a a moderate Democrat or or whatever. But he was this self-aggrandizing, narcissistic guy who was only, you know, intoxicated and moved by power for himself. And he sought to blame Christians for several atrocities that happened in the Roman Empire while he was in power. Gosh, what's that uh, saying? History repeats itself. If we don't learn from history, we're due to repeat it, you know. And so here we are, you know, and, you know, man, we have so much to talk about because, you know, if you think about the media, you know, I'm not going, I'm just going to share my perspective and then how I deal with this from a Christian perspective, because I just don't know if there's any other way to do that. But the one thing that I have noticed, and I've seen this on the right and the left, that news isn't the news anymore. No, no. It's it's yeah. almost all editorial based where it's all opinion based, which is fine if it's, you know, if it's couched that way or described that way. Mm-hmm. They're editorials. Fine. You know, on both sides, oh, you have it from CNN and you have it from Fox News and and some of the other more conservative areas like even the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro and some people like that. A lot of that stuff is editorial based. It's opinion based, which is fine. Freedom of speech needs to be upheld. But what happened to a, you know, a truth-based, factual newscast that just gives the facts about something without the opinion? I can't find it. Can you? Uh, I think I remember it back in the early 80s, (laughs) but it is gone now. It is nowhere. No. I mean, no, on either side. Yeah. On either side. Now, on the other side of that, you've got believers in Christ Jesus who are living in America. And I would still say it's the greatest nation in the world Absolutely. to live in. Uh, the freedoms that we have, um, even though it seems like we're losing some of them or have lost some of them due to the pandemic, or at least some of them have been threatened, um, it's still a great place to live. And so there's an aspect of, uh, for my own person, that I do love living in America, and I love this country. And um, I am patriotic in that sense. But as we think about that, how does that then intersect with, with our faith in Christ Jesus and as believers in Christ Jesus? What has been some of your experience and just some of the things you struggle with and maybe some of the discussions you've had with maybe students at the college or, or other people just around you? I think the, one of the biggest things that I see now is people can't have a conversation. Mm. I mean, they can't. Uh, there's always got to be somebody wrong and somebody right. Mm-hmm. It can't be just two different opinions on anything. It's even to the point now where, uh, what was the story that the the gentleman went and cleaned the driveway of his neighbor, mm. and she knew that he was a Trump supporter. Well, how should she handle that? Well, she should well, say thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's gotten to a point where there's there's not discussion anymore. And I, and I think a lot of that goes back to what we talked about earlier was we are too much focused on what we're against mm. and not what we're for. Yeah. I can easily tell somebody, well, this is why I believe this, why I believe this. But we, we don't do that anymore. I'm against this because of this. Mm-hmm. I'm against this because of, I'm against this president. I'm against this, this, this. It's always about what we're against. And nobody's saying what we're for. I believe 
in this. And I think it's a lot easier to sell something you believe in because you actually believe in it than just uh, than to tell somebody what you don't believe in. Yeah. You know, and you know, if you think about it from a Christian perspective, then, well, then how do we, you know, in, especially in First Peter chapter 2, because if you backed up a little bit just earlier in, in that chapter, uh, in verse 11, it reminds us that we are sojourners and exiles or aliens mm-hmm. living in a foreign land. Paul says that we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And it, let's, let's play that out a little bit because that's a pretty extraordinary statement. So that's, that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so an ambassador is a person from their homeland who is not in their homeland, but they're in a foreign land representing, representing. yep, the characteristics and values of their homeland in a foreign land. Right. And so when we think about that, I think if we play that out in our mind, that's us. And so if we are in a land we don't belong to, then what does that tell us about getting too riled up about the things of this land of America, which we love to live in, that God has called us to live in, but yet it's not our true home? How do we balance that out in our everyday life? Yeah, and I, you know, it's been such a change in things. I know my mom was a was a school teacher, and on her wall, she taught kindergarten, and on her wall, she had all the Bible stories up there. Mm-hmm. I remember the day they came and told her she had to take them down, mm. and that was when she was done teaching. Yeah, and it's just changed so much that you don't even recognize this anymore, and. And if we are, I know when we were talking about this the other day, once you, once you realize that uh, you are an ambassador here and you really, I, I don't think you can get so worked up and upset about what's going on in a public school. Mm-hmm. You should expect it. If that is not what you want, there's a lot of other options there. You know, to for you to, to send your kids to. But I, I just see now that People just get angry. Yeah. They just get angry. And I know that this whole election we just went through, I wasted six months of my life. Mm. Just wasted it. And mad, angry, just fixated. It was, I watched Fox News from when I walked in the door to when I went to bed. That, I wasted time that I could have spent with my wife, with my kids, and I just wasted six months. And for what? And how did it affect you? Did it kind of pulled you away from from being in the moment, from maybe seeing if someone in front of you needed your attention or needed to talk to you or it distracted Absolutely. you? Yeah, see, and Absolutely. that's... There's a section of the Screw Tape Letters uh, that was written by C.S. Lewis. And um, if any of you are familiar with that book, it's, it's... I'm not saying it's inspired, so don't misquote me. <laughs> but I do believe that God definitely led C.S. Lewis to write this because his description of how two demons interact with humanity to distract humanity from the things of God is one of the most accurate descriptions I have ever read in my entire life. Absolutely. If you've never read that book, read it. It is a manual on how the, how the devil and his demons and Satan seek to distract us from the things of God, especially the section on politics. Yep. I, rem- I remember reading that book, and it was, oh, it's a hard read. It, it's a hard read. Um, but when you when you see that all the different things that Satan uses to grab your attention. I I think the thing that caught me most in that book was 
when they had this guy, the the one of the demons went back and said, I can't get this guy. He's such a good Christian. He is just the perfect Christian. He goes, there it is. That's what you use. Use that. Use the fact that he's a perfect Christian. Make he make him think he's a better Christian than somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and you, so when I look at what's going on in politics and, and the media and stuff, I just see Satan's hand in every bit of it. Absolutely. Every single bit of it. Absolutely. And that's the reason I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. So I'm going to bring up a couple of controversial things, and, and I'll bring them as personal convictions of mine. Uh, there are going to be some of you that disagree with what I'm about to say, but I want to explain as to why. So as you think about the ambassador description that I just gave, that I'm in a foreign land and all believers are in a foreign land they don't belong to. This world is not my home. I'm here representing the values of Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior. And those values are summarized in the Ten Commandments. You know, in Christ Jesus, those Ten Commandments move from our accusatory record of wrongs, and then after salvation, they now, as Jesus fulfilled those perfectly through his life, death, and resurrection, there are ten ways in which we worship God in the freedom of Christ. (laughs) Now, I know that's a lot of theology in a short time, but well, we can chew on that later. But as I look at the Ten Commandments at ten ways in which I worship God in the freedom of Christ Jesus, you know, resting in the victory of Christ, allowing everything to flow out of that assurance of faith— even for the national anthem, I've actually had people get mad at me for this. Um, I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll pull my hands together. I'll put my hands behind my back, but I don't put it over my heart. And the reason is, is that the only thing that my heart needs to be attached to is Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that all of you have to do this. I'm right. not prescribing right. something that Christianity has to do. But when I think about it for me as a pastor, the only thing I'm going to pledge allegiance to in that, in that level is going to be Jesus Christ and the eternal kingdom of God. Again, I am proud of this nation. And honestly, if I had to die for this country, I would. Right. You know, if I was called to serve this country, and um, I don't know if you remember back when the Gulf War was about to take place, um, I actually was um, subject to a draft, but um, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it, but I know that it was a bit of a ruse because I know that Bush Sr. sent in all these special forces to kind of take care of this really quickly right. and efficiently, but yet they made it look like the nation was about to embark on a draft. And so I didn't have to go in, but I had to really think about it. It's like, you know, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me as a believer in Christ Jesus? And I have to say that I would defend the freedoms of this nation if I had to. So I'm proud to be an American, but... If I allow that to become more important than my identity in Christ and, and my, my call as a pastor, then I have misappropriated my priorities as a pastor and as a Christian in my conviction. Right. We had a um, missionary in the previous parish I served. He came over, and he's in—I can't tell you where, but he's in a nation that it's illegal to be a Christian. And uh, he is serving as a missionary under, in an underground church situation, uh, leading people from the Muslim faith to Christianity. Um, this guy could be killed at any moment. And he came and he preached a sermon in our church, and he's an American, he's in the midst of the election. He said America has three idols that they are prone to. Patriotism was one. The, uh, the, our financial situation, our economy uh, was the other. And then... Um, Basic, basic narcissism is like our own needs and our own gratifications. And he preached one of the most powerful sermons I have ever heard on that. And um, it, it really kind of opened wow. my eyes. And I think probably most people would agree that 
they fall in the trap of all three of those, mm-hmm. not just one. I mean, we've all been there. We've all done the patriotic thing. We've all done the, the financial, you know, struggle. Oh, I got to do this. I want to do this. Do want to do this. And then the third one was, what was it? Just kind of self well, narcissism. Yeah, narcissism. Just, it's, yeah. It's all about me. It's all about yep. me. What have you done for me lately? I yeah. mean, <laughs> I think there's a song. There's a song. <laughs> if there's not, we'll write one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was old. I think it was, I think it was in the 90, 80s or 90s. But, but you know, it, back when I, you know, I'm 53, and you're younger than me, I believe. I am 54. Yes. Oh, you are older? I didn't know that. Yes. You look younger. Ah, uh, yes. See, I got the face for radio. David's good looking. He's a good looking one of the bunch. <laughs> but remember when Burger King said, have it your way and have it today? Yep. I mean, that's it. I mean, with Amazon and everything that we have... Even where we live, you yeah. know, kind of in the middle of South Dakota someplace with not very much around us, we can get packages in two days. Yeah. We can pretty much get anything we want to within a matter of two days or a week, and sometimes we can even get it right away. And so I think this entitlement has kind of crept into how we view waiting patiently for Christ. Right. Because it is really about self-denial and delayed gratification for the believer in Christ Jesus, because this world is not our home, and our true home in perfection in the glory of Christ is on the other side of this life. Right. Absolutely. And so we wait patiently for that. But there is so many times we can get so distracted by the things of this world. So what, is, so what do we do? So if we're, we're wrapping this back around, half the country didn't vote for Biden. Yep. Half of them voted for Trump. Talk to the ones that didn't vote for Biden. What do you do? How do you do? What, what do you, where do you go now? What do you do? The, the first thing we have to understand is that this is not a surprise to Jesus. Jesus has already made provision either way, that either side of the fence. And so um, whether this uh, administration is for the negative to show us how we need to focus on Christ, or maybe for the positive to maybe show us that we were wrong, or that in some cases maybe we voted for for President Biden and we were right. Either way, we can't take too much stock in that, because this is something that is God's will, because of how Scripture described that God is in control even of the authorities. Now, think back to when, again, when First Peter and Romans was written by the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter, Nero was in power. How can you say he was good? You know, but at at the same time, God knew it was going to happen. He made provision for it. And actually, the church thrived in the midst of that persecution. So what God was doing in the midst of all of that was purifying his church. And so maybe that's what's happening too. But so the one thing is we have to always look to Christ. Don't get our eyes distracted by the things of this world. This is no surprise for Christ. And whatever the situation is, God has made provision for the church through the power of the Holy Spirit and his all-knowing nature. And so he understands it. Trust him. We'll not be put to shame, as Romans reminds us, right? right? The other thing is, is we cannot stop ascribing dignity to people we disagree with. We have to continue to ascribe the worth that Jesus ascribes to every human being. Jesus died for the sin of the world. He saw every single person from the time of Adam and Eve to his second coming as so valuable that he willingly laid aside everything as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to work salvation through his humiliated state. And he did this because God so loved the world. And so that, that, that worth that Christ places on every human soul, we too have to place on every human soul. There absolutely is going to be people that rub you the wrong way. There's absolutely going to be people that you disagree with. But as best you can, 
as far as it depends on you, as the book of Romans says, be at peace with, with all. And I think that's what we're missing today. I mean, you just, you just don't see, I mean, we just lost, you know, Rush Limbaugh just passed away mm-hmm. and the comments were just, I mean, vile comments, whether you agreed with them or not. I mean, there's been a lot of people that, that passed away. I mean, John McCain did a lot of things I didn't agree with, but mm-hmm. I would never disparage him as a person and what he did. Or even his service to the country. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so whatever side of the aisle you may be on as an American, you know, you, you cannot stop ascribing a value to every human being, whether you agree with them or not. Christian um, first. American sex. Absolutely. And it always has to be that way. And, you know, I was going to talk about one other um, controversial thing. And and this is is something I think that all of us need to think about. And this is another thing that really answers your question, but also talks about that second thing I wanted to bring up. When we go to church on Sunday, whether a Sunday morning worship service or a Saturday night service or even a Wednesday midweek service for Lent or whatever, that is the embassy of the eternal kingdom of God. When you're in the embassy of the eternal kingdom of God, all we focus on is our true home. Hmm. You know, we bring our anxieties and our concerns to that embassy. We lay them at the feet of Jesus. And as Philippians talks about in chapter 4, that beautiful exchange. As we give God our anxieties, our cares, and our concerns, he takes them from us and exchanges them with his peace, grace, and mercy. Yeah, and I think once once you do that as an individual... It really changes your life. I remember sitting in church for years, doing my hour, going out, and all I did was burn an hour yeah. of time. Mm-hmm. But when you go in there truly to worship the King of Kings mm-hmm. and and leave all your, your troubles and cares at the foot of the cross, you can walk away from them and, and, and that, you can leave them there. And if you're not at a church where you are, are not hearing the gospel of Christ and the assurance of faith, where you leave that, that sanctuary free in Christ Jesus singing the praises of Christ that has set you free and giving you hope to live in a sinful and fallen world, either talk to your pastor or go to a church that's preaching the gospel in its purity and its authority, because we need that. Because without that, it's, it's impossible to live in, with, and for Christ. It's impossible to have the joy that gives us strength. It's, po- it's impossible to have that hope and that peace that surpasses all human understanding. It's not possible. The only source is Christ, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is easy. We, we just to solve this problem. It's, it's everything's good. Uh, <laughs> Focus on Jesus. Don't get too concerned or wrapped up in the things of this world. God is in control, and one day will all end, and Christ will return, and all honor and glory will be to Christ, and we will exist with Him in a place with no more pain, no more sin, no more politics, no more alienation forever and ever in the presence of the triune God. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week as we discuss the practical ways to cultivate the peace and hope of Christ in our lives. God bless you and have a blessed week.